Hello, everybody. My name is Dan Van Horn. I'm the senior pastor here at Trinity Baptist Church in Fairfield, Connecticut, and we want to welcome you to the TBC Provoke podcast. This is where we hope to stimulate, stir up, and provoke you to love and good deeds by taking the conversation we start on Sunday mornings and bring it into the middle of your week. Hello, everybody. This is Clayton, and welcome to another episode of the TBC Provoke podcast. My name is Clayton, and my guest, as always, is Senior Pastor Dan Van Horn. Dan, say hello. Hey, everyone. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> okay, good. That's perfect. No, I mean, that's that's it. That's, yeah. It was honest. Yeah. That's what we want that's is what honesty. For. Yeah, honesty. That's what I was going for. Oh, I wish you could all hear the conversations that Dan and I have before we start recording but you can't yeah. because they're not they're not suited for <laughs> public consumption however not how you think though <laughs> yeah yeah we just talk about so many things yeah. like dan you are per, in particular you are deeply concerned with the health of the church with the the bride yeah how how the bride sees jesus and by the bride i'm i'm meaning you know, the church, big C church, you, you, you want the bride to fall in love with Jesus. And, and when she doesn't understand him, you get, you get a little like feathery, right? You know? And, uh, and I, I feel very similarly that, you know, the glory, the magnificence, the, the grandeur of God is to be is to be understood. Like I think everybody yeah. sort of grabs an element of the greatness of God, be it his love, his mercy, his kindness, his truth. And and you might major in one of those majors, but how you major in those things really determines sort of your character yeah. in the world. Yeah. You know, it's funny you said this just came to mind for me as you were talking, but I interviewed for a church in upstate New York maybe 10 years ago. And uh, in that interview, I remember Tar and I sat down with the pastor and he, he asked me a question. He said, when you wake up in the morning, what does your heart burn for and how do you want to spend your time? And I had no answer for him. Like I, I gave him an answer, but, but it, he must have seen right through it. Like he knew like he doesn't know how to answer this question. But I think what you just said really is that thing that I, when I wake up in the morning, I, I yearn for the church to become the church that Jesus set in motion when he left this earth. It's um, so easy for us to get caught in the weeds, to, to, to miss out on what the church is truly called to be and who we're called to be as members of the body of Christ. And it's so easy to, to fall into a rhythm of living our lives of thinking I'm I'm in a good place because I'm I've, I'm plugged into a good church. I'm doing good, but but Jesus wants so much more for us than that. And I think there's no greater time of potential for the church than the time we're living in right now. That there has been a renewal in people's hearts and minds for God's word and for His desires for the church. And if there hasn't been, if I'm wrong about that then I believe that's the direction toward which I want to 
lead um, because I think that that's the best direction that we can go in, in in sharing the gospel in our day and age right now. I used to say that it was, I have a desire to uh, help people live for eternity. In other words, live in light of, in, in mind of their life that God has made available to them for all eternity. Yeah. Um, I think that that's what, what this is, is longing for the church to be the healthy bride of Christ. And we can do it. Absolutely. And living for eternity is directionally mm-hmm. correct. But uh, if you're living for eternity, not the one you'll spend eternity with, you might be disappointed when you get there, right? Yeah. I want the big house. I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking, what's the, what is the terrestrial version of this, right? right? It, it's goal-oriented activity, right? I'm living for eternity. It's like saying I'm living for the mansion on the hill. Yeah. And you work all your life to get the mansion on the hill, but you find out that when you get there, the person you live with, you don't like. So now the mansion is no good, yeah. right? Living for eternity is directionally correct. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a good goal. However, if you're not falling in love with Jesus, right. right, the one who has created the space for you, Jesus says, I go to my father's house so I can prepare a space for you. You know I'm going to prepare a space for you because I'm leaving to do it. Yeah. That if you get to eternity, but you don't like living with the guy who built the house, then eternity is, is not heavenly for right. you. you know. And falling in love with Jesus, the, the full expanse of his infinite nature like that's that's it so you know to be goal-oriented eternity focused that's good but to be the bride that jesus is calling that's even that's even better because where he is is the fullness of joy yeah Uh, this this past sunday margie shared that uh illustration that she learned from Mark, uh, Dr. Mark Yarborough at Dallas Seminary. And, uh, you know, so many of us are living still under the law, thinking that we're living under grace. Right. We're, we're living our lives, in a sense, uh, for the future reward. We're, we're trying to earn it now. We're trying to uh, live in light of the law through obedience and to one day earn the reward. Like, maybe, maybe if I do this enough, if I do it well enough, yeah. I'll get that reward. But the invitation for the church is to live in light of grace, which is the reward's been given to us. This relationship with Jesus, this peace that comes from him, this, uh, the, the, the joy of forgiveness, the, the joy unending is available to us now. And so yeah. we can live toward directionally toward eternity because the rewards we have now will be even more so, uh, in the future as well. Manifold. Yeah. Uh, we said this a couple of weeks ago that the Beatitudes are really kind of like um, a recipe mm-hmm. for social behavior in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And you, you said this morning, hey, the kids are back in school. Mm-hmm. It's a big day here in Connecticut. Numbers are down. Vaccinations are rolling out. There's good news about all of that. Kids have gone back to school. There are parents who just don't know what to do because they don't have all their kids at home. So they're so excited. But that got me to thinking about testing, 
right? Mm -hmm. And, and education and different educational strategies, right? The law is kind of like teaching to the test. You get it wrong when you get it wrong. Mm -hmm. Do not do, right? The, the law, just Mm -hmm. think about the 10 commandments is a series of do not do rules. Mm -hmm. But Jesus gives us a greater version of the law in the Beatitudes. And it's a series of unending do's. Mm -hmm. Like there's no limit to hungering for righteousness. You're never going to get so hungry for righteousness that Jesus is like, high five, you're done. (laughs) Right? Yeah. It's uh, in, in some teaching models, it's similar to what's called via negativa. Hmm. If you teach your students to the test, they will do as much as they need to do to pass. Mm-hmm. But there's a teaching philosophy called via negativa, which means through negativity. And it's more like coaching than instruction. Mm-hmm. And it says, that was good, but this could be better. Mm-hmm. Always, always, right? You jumped high, but you do this, you could jump a little higher. So you never actually attain the goal that you're training for. Mm-hmm. Because there's always something to be improved. And in some respects, the Beatitudes are a kind of via positiva, Mm -hmm. if you will, through positivity. Like if you pursue hunger for righteousness, you will, you can pursue it more, right? You, you, you will be those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be satisfied, but you have now cultivated a hunger and thirst for righteousness. And so you continue to hunger and thirst. If, if you pursue mercy, you're never going to be so merciful that Jesus high fives you. And is like, wow, you're the most merciful. You're done. Yeah. Cool. No more mercy for you in this life. You can always go farther. So like through positivity, you extend the bounds of mercy. You extend the hunger for righteousness. You extend the graciousness towards others. Yeah. Uh, and it's this, it's an unending yeah. growth in the right direction versus a, you did it wrong. Here's your, here's your wax, you know, your yeah. corporal punishment, if you will. Yeah. You know, uh, I think what's interesting about that is at the end of chapter five, where the beatitudes are, Jesus says, therefore you are to be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. So uh, you're, you're, in other words, your righteousness, I think it says this as well, must surpass the righteousness of the Pharisees, right? Right. Uh, the religious leaders. In, in other words, there is this ongoing uh, goal toward which you're, you're, you're never going to attain a, in your own effort or, or um, right. uh, strength work. Yeah. And B Paul says elsewhere, that you're gonna that this work is gonna be carried on until its completion on the day of Christ Jesus. So right. our perfection is something worthy of moving in that direction, but uh, but it's this ongoing work, and and that's where I think um, the Beatitudes have come alive to me through this series because awesome. they become truly characteristics of Christians, of followers of Christ, and yet, my goodness, it's hard to see you know, full churches of followers of Christ who embody, you know, these, uh, uh, in these characteristics in equal measure, right? Yeah. You may, you may find communities that are, uh, hungering and thirsting for righteousness, but 
they're not so much in the area of being merciful, right? Right. Um, and and I, I say that, it, you know, I'm not trying to be judgmental. I think I'm trying to be analytical. I'm trying to be discerning of the state of the church. Yes. And that to me is not a, 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 um, a place of discouragement, but more an invitation for us uh, of, of hope, of, of where we can grow as far as Christ is. We'll always have room to become, to grow more perfect, like our Heavenly Father is perfect. Uh, but that's a work that the Holy Spirit has to do in us. You were talking about mercy on Sunday. You said so many things that I wanted to talk about. I was snapping my fingers and saying amen, and my wife's looking at me like I'm a weirdo. But there was so there was so much that you said that struck with me. But there was one thing in particular I really like my brain just opened up into this new, like a new page on the, on the desktop just opened up and, a, and this new concept new to me, at least mm-hmm. really began to sort of unfold. And, and I'd like to talk about that now. Cause you kind of, yeah. you kind of got there. You were talking in regards to mercy and you were talking in regards to the armor of God, right? Faith, righteousness, peace, truth, mercy, putting on the full armor of God, salvation. And I was thinking about a soldier missing one piece of armor Mm. and what that would mean for him, or only having one piece of armor and what that would mean for him. And of course, Jesus is laying these beatitudes out and they are sort of a recipe for how Christians can behave socially. And so then I translated these, these armor pieces into social behaviors and what the fruit of that might be. And what I began to see, cause it's, it's something you mentioned is like, if you don't have mercy, if you're not walking in mercy, then the rest of your suit of armor is going to be out of balance when it comes to how you behave socially. Yeah. As an example, if you have a suit of, of God's armor that is high in righteousness, mm-hmm. but low in mercy, then you're probably going to turn into a Pharisee in your life because yeah. you're going to be so correct. And we talked, we talked about this yeah. two weeks ago. Who likes the righteous man? N- nobody really, because <laughs> he's always right. And he's always telling you about it. Um, so if, you're, if you've got a suit that's high in righteousness and low in mercy, then you're probably going to be a Pharisee. Right. If you've got a suit that is high in truth, mm-hmm. that's the thing you value. I've got the truth of God on my side, but you don't have mercy. Well, then you've got a lot of knowledge. Knowledge puffs up mm-hmm. and makes you proud, and God detests the proud man. Yeah. If you've got mercy and no truth, then you're probably like so compassionate, you're enabling people into harm. Yeah. And so it's got to be this, this balance. And Jesus is, of course, laying all of these out in the Beatitudes in a way yeah. that that balance is sort of um, intuited. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that passage from Ephesians, uh, I've read it pretty consistently where 
um, I kind of read a little bit faster into the individual pieces of the armor of God. And yeah. then I'm asking, okay, what are, what are the pieces of the armor of God represent? But if we slow down just before that in, in Ephesians six ten, Paul says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God yes. that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Right. It's almost like that's the point that Paul's making then the pieces that, that are kind of hanging off that branch or hanging off that umbrella or hanging off that tree um, hang from, right? That, that really the emphasis is that we put on the whole armor of God. If you so don't put on the, the, the belt of truth, your armor is going to, you're going to be, you're going to be losing pieces of armor in the midst of the battle. Like your, right. your, your, your exactly. armament will be dropping as you run across the field. And we feel like we have seen that yeah. in the larger global church. Yeah. There was, um, I just saw I just saw uh, an article yesterday that there is a a church with a, a decent following enough of a following that this made national news uh, that there's a church in Nashville that has um, abdicated sola scriptura, mm-hmm. meaning that the the Bible is the living word of God. And so this pastor stood up in front of his church and he said, "Hey, the Bible is not inerrant. The Bible is not exclusively." Um, God's word. It's a collection of cultural stories and you can sample it as you need. Hmm. And so this guy has like taken the belt off and now he's running through the field. He's going to lose his his breastplate of righteousness. Mm -hmm. You know, he's probably going to wind up with only his shoes on Mm -hmm. and, and be out in a in a dangerous spot with right. no shield, no sword, no, no belt, no helmet. Yeah. Oh, no helmet. Yeah. That one's salvation, right? Yeah. Whoa. Maybe I mean, well, we could go down that road. Maybe he wasn't even wearing the helmet to begin with. Who knows? I don't know. But that's <laughs> you that's, know? A, that's another conversation. But he you might you're have rented right. one. But <laughs> he's got. Never mind. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think that that's 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 what when I think about the beatitudes as well. Uh, and this is, I think, what you were saying is we we tend to think, OK, which one do I need to work on right now? I really think that it's all of them at the same time. Like and, yeah. and I know that's a lot, but I, I, I swear, I think we're just reminded we can't do this, but that we have to rely on the Holy Spirit, uh, the the work of God in our lives to 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 create us anew, to to build us as these Christians. I think this past year in many ways has been a test for the church. And I, I was, I, I think I said this on the front end of the year, but I, I think that this year is going to be a year where we look back on and we say, how did I do coming through this in faith? Did I cling to my faith or did I kind of um, jettison my faith in, in areas yeah. that I was scared or angry or whatever? And I think that it's not a place of condemnation, but it is a place that we should look back and evaluate and, and invite God into that space. Say, God, I know I could see those places where I need to grow. And Lord, I invite you to show me even more so where I need to grow. Right? And then and then move forward from here with hope and 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 peace to know that God is growing us, right? But we do have to recognize that this past year was very revealing for all of us. Oh yeah, myself included, where you, you realized 
those things that you falsely depended on for strength, yeah, they were pulled out from underneath us. And what we were left with, the thing that never left us, was Jesus. Right. You said, af- after this self-assessment, right, if, as you sort of debrief on what you've been through, uh, which is appropriate to the trauma and healing process that we have all experienced, that you should talk to Jesus. I, this is it for me. This is it for me. You've got to have a relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. I don't mean understand Jesus or know facts about Jesus. I'm talking about know Jesus and talk to him and let him talk back to you. This is the foolishness of the good news that that a God that exists and is big enough to do all the things and and uh, manage all the things around you, that he, this is what is foolish, is that he would also desire an intimate relationship with an individual. Mm-hmm with an individual, right? My daughter, her whole world is like struggling with this idea right now. She says, how do you, Papa, how do you know that the pastors aren't just making it up? How do you know? Was that after one of my sermons? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I, she's just, I this is I what know. she's, this is what she's asking about. She goes, you know, she goes, it's good, you know, because we listen to, there, there are people we listen to, there are ministers that we've worked with that we revisit. Yeah. Uh, there are speakers and teachers, like we've, there's never been a better time to get biblical education yeah. in the history of the world. Right, right. And so sh- she knows that it's something that we value. But she said, how do you know they're not like they help people believe and that's good and they help people make good choices and that's good. But how do you know they're not just making it up? Right. And the only real answer I can give her is not academic. I can't cite anything. The only real answer that I can give her is that I have had experiences with a living being that identifies as Jesus of Nazareth. Mm-hmm. Things have happened in my life where I can point to that moment and go, that thing came to me outside of anything I did. And when I, when I stop and I look at where it came from, like Jesus's hand is in the air. And that is foolishness to the world around me. Mm -hmm. And yet it is so consistent. It's so regular that the identifier is Jesus. You know, that's how we got here. That's how we got to Connecticut. In October of 2018, the Lord spoke to me in my sleep and told me where we were moving. Hmm. And this is a year before I put in any applications. This is two years before I ever showed up here. I say 2018. It was actually 2017 because we spent a whole year on the road before we wound up here. And I, I can tell that to people and they go, Oh, Clayton, that's a, that's a cute story, but I'll tell you what we're here. Yeah. We're here. Like God spoke to my wife and I in such a clear 
way, a prophetic way that when we looked out the window and we saw all the things lined up and by looked out the window, I mean, looked literally looked out the window of the train and saw something that God spoke to us two years in advance. Like we knew we had confidence because Jesus is in the midst of our lives and yours making, making things happen and talking to us like constantly all the time. You know, our faith isn't experiential. The, the basis of our faith is not experiential, but our faith grows as we experience our relationship with Jesus, Absolutely. right? And so, you know, I think for yourselves to know that you had this pre-existing relationship with Jesus that's revealed to us in the scriptures builds upon itself as we walk by faith. You know, as you right. become familiar with his voice and his actions in your life and you realize, okay, that's not Dan do it, saying that. Yeah. It doesn't sound like something that would be from Satan. And so right. it must be from Jesus. Who, whose voice is that? Right. Yeah. 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 Right. Because and, and there, think... there are my thoughts, which are inside my head. But then there's this other thought, which feels like it's inside my head, but it doesn't feel like something I would say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I would tell myself to do that. That sounds very scary, you know. Uh, and, and so I think I think it is. It, it comes back to growing in getting to know Jesus more and more, right? The the whole idea of the Beatitudes is almost like stripping away our desire to become something more and bigger in this world. And so it it seems very countercultural to our world. Why would I want to be, you know, humble and poor in spirit? Why why would I why would I want to um why would I mourn the things of this world, right? Why, why would I uh, why would I want to hunger and thirst for righteousness? Why don't I hunger and thirst for comfort, for, for, uh, for provisions, for you know, uh, uh, a family that gets along well? Those all make sense to our world. Yeah. But hungering and thirsting for righteousness, as God would define it, seems kind of countercultural. So, but those are all things that we learn and have a greater understanding of and a greater longing for in our relationship with Jesus. Absolutely. And I think that that's, that's, that's very countercultural, just as peace is. Uh, you know, I think as we think about peace in this world, peace is something that, you know, we typically think is just, okay, we've, we've two parties that have agreed to stop fighting. Or, you know, more, more recently, it's not even just two parties. It's, hey, let's get rid of that party because they don't agree with what our idea of peace is. And right. now we can have peace because it's peace as we've defined it. Or, uh, you know, we can have peace because we have no opposition. Right. Exactly. Which which is maybe a new version of peace. Yeah. The previous version of of peace was like, we will agree to stop fighting each other right now. Yeah. So it's not actually the absence of violence. It's the restraint of violence. And to your point from Sunday, that violence still lives inside of the people who are participating in the peace and Jesus is actually talking about replacing the violence altogether yeah. with a, with a new peace, a lasting peace. Yes. And I think that's, that's the invitation for us in the Beatitudes is, is again, it's not a do more as much as a become more, become more of the person that Jesus desires of us because he knows that there's great riches and great joy uh, in, in being who that is, like for peace, for one example, uh, I'm going to really quickly look up 
a passage from Proverbs 12 uh, in verse 20. Um, Solomon says, deceit is in the heart of those who, d- who devise evil, but those who plan peace have joy. Amen. Like the, the, the characteristics of becoming more and more like Jesus bring us to what our heart truly longs for. It's that joy and peace and, and security in Christ. Absolutely. Absolutely. If through the course of this series on the Beatitudes, you find yourself longing it for longing for in greater measure one of these characteristics, be it a, a hunger and a thirst for righteousness, a, a desire for mercy, uh, a heart of compassion so that you can weep with those that weep. If, if as you are joining us on Sundays or even as we discuss it here in the podcast, the Lord identifies, because that, that's what I think it is. I think God, the world doesn't want these things. And so if as you're listening, something in you rises up and goes, yes, I, I recognize I want to hunger and thirst for righteousness. I recognize that I want to walk in peace, I re- true peace. Mm-hmm. I recognize that uh, I could grow in compassion for others so that I can weep with those that weep, rejoice with those that rejoice. If you are having that moment, then you are at a beautiful place. The Holy Spirit is priming you for an interaction with the man, Jesus, where where Jesus will then answer those requests. Like that's all he wants to do. He's giving gifts to all of his children all the time. And the ones that he loves to give in particular are the ones that draw you closer to him. So you are you are at a pinnacle moment in your faith where you can interact with God. And that would be my encouragement to everyone listening. If you know somebody who has been blessed by these conversations or would be blessed by these conversations, what we want to ask you to do right now is to copy the link to this podcast and just send it their way with a little message. Dan and Clayton they're okay, but what they talk about is awesome, and I think you'd enjoy it, right? Just begin to share the good news of the kingdom with people as best you can with any tools necessary, and that's why we make the TBC Provoke podcast, because we are hoping to cultivate in you, the listener, and in our community a heart that is provoked to good works through the gospel. Well, hey, everybody, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Uh, I hope this provokes you unto good works, that as you hear and think about these things, that you would strike up these conversations with others, even if it's just to say, can you believe what those two knuckleheads said? (laughs) But it is our sincere hope that this conversation leaves Sunday and enters into your life where the boots are on the ground, it enters into your relationships, and it begins to shape and mold how you see yourself as a believer, but also how you see yourself as a part of this community. We love you. God bless.